How's it going, everybody? Adrian here from the Gaming Observer for Wednesday, January the 6th. I hope you are doing extremely well on this lovely Wednesday. Uh, let's talk about some video game news. First things first is Nintendo, who have announced that they are going to be acquiring a Vancouver-based development studio, Next Level Games. Now, these two companies have a pretty deep history. Next Level Games developed Super Mario Strikers for the GameCube in uh, 2005, and then continued to work for Nintendo over the years, most recently Luigi's Mansion 3, which did very well for Nintendo last year. The sum of the transaction was undisclosed, and the deal is expected to close on March 1st. Now, fully acquiring a game studio is pretty rare for Nintendo. They do tend to prefer long-lasting relationships with their developers that aren't already in-house. But they've done it before. They have Monolith Soft for Xenoblade Chronicles. They have Retro Studios who handle Metroid and Donkey Kong Country. Uh, but the reason why Nintendo sprung on Next Level Games was because its owners were looking to sell their shares in the company. And Nintendo didn't really want to lose the investments and relationships they had already made, so they just decided to take the shares themselves. So it is an exception in their business strategy, but I'm sure it is welcome nonetheless. Uh, like I said, Luigi's Mansion 3 made a lot of people happy, and I look forward to seeing what else they can do. The augmented reality mobile game Minecraft Earth is officially shutting down in June. So today they launched its final update, they added some content, removed microtransactions, and reduced time and currency costs. Basically trying to make it as fun as possible to play in its final months of existence. Here's their opening paragraph on the blog post that announced it, quote, Minecraft Earth was designed around free movement and collaborative play, two things that have become near impossible in the current global situation, end quote. Now, this is pretty cool. Anybody who has ever spent money on the game is going to be given a free copy of the mobile Bedrock Edition of Minecraft proper. That's a nice goodwill move, I think. But I will say it's pretty sad to see this one go. It had a neat concept. If you don't know, they had players basically creating things in the real world alongside everybody else who also had the app. I thought it was an interesting take on the wave of AR games that came after Pokemon Go. But sadly, it only lasted a year and a half, originally launching in November 2019. Last summer, an indie game called The Sinking City was pulled from digital storefronts by its developer, Frogwares. Uh, side note, if you've never played The Sinking City, it's a pretty cool Lovecraftian horror game. Feel free to check it out. But anyway, they claimed to pull the game because their publisher, Nason Entertainment, was withholding payments from them, as much as 1 million euros in royalties. Frogwares also claimed that Nason was actually attempting to outright steal their IP rather than just licensing it, which is pretty wild. So anyway, the news today is that The Sinking City returns to digital storefronts, Steam and PlayStation, etc., but the issues still remain between the two companies. Basically, Paris courts have ruled that Frogwares, quote, had terminated its contract in a manifestly unlawful manner, end quote which essentially means that Frogwares illegally terminated their contract before the courts could decide whether Nason did it first. So the courts gave them a slap on the wrist and said, don't do that again. It remains to be seen whether or not Frogwares finds justice in this whole situation if they are telling the truth. But there is some temporary good news, which is that players who want to get their hands on the game can now do so. Anyway, hopefully it all gets sorted in the months to come. That's pretty much it for the news, but this is another selfish inclusion that I have to talk about. Uh, the deck-building roguelike Slay the Spire is officially getting a physical board game release. Oh my god, I'm so excited. We basically have no details about it because it's in the early stages. I wouldn't normally mention it. 
but I'm super excited to see how they're going to translate this into a board game. I think the most interesting part is that it's going to be playable from one to four players, which means that it's not going to be a direct translation of the game. Slay the Spire as it is can only be, you know, one person. It's a roguelike. So anyway, I'll definitely be keeping an eye on this one. They say the Kickstarter is starting on spring 2021. Keep an eye on it if you're interested. All right, folks, that is going to wrap us up for today. Thank you so, so much for joining me. I'm going to be back tomorrow with even more news. And until then, happy gaming, everyone. It's the TGO After Show, and the only thing I want to talk about is Slay the Spire. Well, I don't know. I'll probably talk about other things, but listen, I have no idea. Well, first of all, if you haven't played Slay the Spire... I mean, don't play it if you're not a deck-building person. If you don't like card games, then it's probably not for you. But even then, like, if you got a friend that owns it or something, like, give it a try, at least. It's probably, you know, in my top five games that came out in the last decade. It is so precisely crafted and balanced, where I think that, you the, you know, the, the everyday person, you know, most of you listening to this, you're going to get a solid amount of hours into it, and then you're going to say... Yeah, I got I got the gist of this game. I, I'm, I'm ready to move on. And then there's some people like me who just sink hundreds of hours into it. And I still don't really know why, to be perfectly honest. I mean, there's no progression really to speak of after a certain point. I guess there's achievements that you can try and go for, which is what I've done. But really, for the most part, it's just like it's got a really solid core gameplay loop that you want to play over and over. And there's enough variety in there between the different characters that... I don't know, it doesn't get old. So anyway, how they're going to manage to take this game and turn it into a four-player game, I am intrigued and a little scared, because I feel like a lot of the charm of this game is the fact that it is PvE, and it has predictable patterns of enemies. You know, you really start to master the game when nothing is surprising anymore. And if you have a human player facing you, then you're kind of always in for a surprise, aren't you? You don't know what they're ever going to do. So maybe it's a cooperative thing. I think that'd be pretty interesting as well. Anyway, this might be the first Kickstarter that I ever kickstart. Is that how you say it? Contribute to? Yeah, Shelby is suggesting. (laughs) I don't know. Everything else that I've ever seen for a Kickstarter has usually been, you know, from people who I knew were good, but never had a personal history with. Like the Suikoden people made a Kickstarter and did really well. But I just know that they're good developers. I've never actually had a, you know, a relationship with their former games, the the Suikoden games. Or when they did, uh bloodstained ritual of the night i mean i knew he was the creator of castlevania that's really cool but i've never played castlevania actually now i'm I'm gonna keep looking through the kickstarted video games here yeah and then i mean if if it's not like a veteran of the industry trying to start a new game then it's somebody you've never heard of right the people who did hollow knight i think was a kickstarter and shovel knight those are both really good games but i wouldn't have kickstarted it because i didn't know who they were anyway slay the spire this is the first time that i'm like I really don't want to spend my money on it because you don't want to be frivolous and board games I know can get pretty expensive. So it's going to depend on what the Kickstarter looks like, I guess. But I'll, I'll just be real. I want to support these developers in any way that I can because they, you know, I, I paid like 20 bucks for Slay the Spire or something like that. And I've already put 500 hours into it. And now I'm actually curious, what, 20 bucks, 500 divided by 20? Is that how I figure that out? No, I think it's the other way around. Yeah, here, I've spent four cents an hour on this game. Isn't that pretty wild? So anyway, they probably deserve more money than that for the amount of enjoyment that I got out of it. Anyway, I hope you're all doing extremely well. I'm playing some Overcooked tonight with a friend of mine. Uh, I've played it before, but...
but this is the first time that I'm like doing it like seriously instead of just checking it out. So I'm I'm ready for the chaos. Uh, until next time, farewell.